I fetched my rifle and sighted at the small mass of brown fur ambling along the wall, a good thirty yards away. Stand still, damn it, I said. When the furry mass paused long enough for a shot, I took it. The rifle uttered a satisfying crack, shattering the stillness. It was a squeal, and the target disappeared behind the wall. I frowned. Squirrels didn't squeal. At least, none of the others had. I hurried over to the wall and pushed open the wrought iron gate that opened onto the road. A man lay sprawled on the cracked blacktop. His brown fur hat lay motionless on the road next to him, dead centered by my bullet. I stood there in shocked silence. It was Wendell Oliver. The Wendell Oliver who liked his morning walks. The Wendell Oliver who wore stupid squirrely hats. Obscenities flowed from my mouth like abstract poetry. I knelt down and looked him over. He was still breathing. A trickle of blood oozed from his scalp where my bullet had grazed him. My heart started to beat once more. Timidly at first, then settled into an upbeat tempo. He wasn't dead. I'd only knocked him out. I gave a sigh of relief. He's not dead. Praise God, Wendell Oliver's not dead. He's still alive, and I'm not a murderer, and... My heart gave a sudden lurch, then froze solid in my chest as cold reality smacked me upside the head. Oh, God! I just shot Wendell Oliver. What was I going to do? It was a murder, but assault with a deadly weapon wasn't anything to sneeze at either. Then, like an epiphany sent from the vaults of heaven, a light went on somewhere in my muddled brain. Wendell Oliver lived only a mile and a half up the road, just outside the Nowhereville that was Wellington. What if he was to wake up on the floor of his house, maybe next to his couch? And supposing he got up and looked confusingly around and saw a lamp, maybe a table knocked over next to him. Things really started clicking. Yeah. Wendell Oliver would wake up, gaze and confused, and say, What happened? Two simple words that could save my guilt-ridden hide. It might work, I thought. I only had one problem. Wendell Oliver was a big man. Not tall, else I wouldn't have mistaken him for a squirrel in the first place. But he was fat. Every December he dressed up as Santa Claus for pity's sake. How the heck was I, scrawny 15-year-old that I was, going to get Wendell Oliver to his house? Lucky for me, I was on a roll. I immediately thought of my mother's leaf cart. It was fairly big for a wagon, built by my father from plywood and bicycle wheels. My mom would pull it around the yard and load it up with raked-up leaf piles. Yeah, it might work, I thought. It worked. Sort of. I nearly pulled a groin muscle trying to lift a big man in the cart. I gave up after several painful tries, then resorted to more drastic measures. I knelt down, grabbed him in a bear hug, using leverage and my momentum to roll him over on top of me. The idea was to try to use my arms and legs to hoist him up and flop him into the cart. God only knows what I would have said if anyone happened by. Hello, Pastor Kent. No, I don't need no help. Me and Mr. Oliver here are just getting better acquainted. Thank God no one came by. I wrestled around for a bit, gasping for air beneath his bulk, before I finally gave up on that brilliant idea. I was nearly in tears with frustration when an idea dawned on me. I raced to the tool shed behind my house, Rummaged around until I found my father's toolbox, as well as a pry bar and a spare jack. Another five minutes, and I had the wheels off the cart. 
Five minutes more, and I'd succeeded in rolling Wendell Oliver onto the now more accessible plywood box. Then, it was only a matter of jacking up each side of the car and replacing the wheels. Presto! Santa was in his sleigh, cleared for takeoff.